In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Okay, kids. I did something really stupid this week. I thought to do two podcasts on the same day, and one is going to be a recap, and that's what you're going to hear right now, because we had such a good week for Real Housewives of New York and Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I thought they were both uniquely good episodes. Didn't you guys think so? Now, in the main episode, the four-hour one that I released today, uh, hopefully you'll check that out if you skipped right to this, but if not, I get it. So here is your shortened episode of just recaps that I know a lot of people have requested. My name is Ryan Bailey. This is so bad. It's good with Ryan Bailey. So I am cracking up a sugar-free Red Bull. It is 1054 on a Tuesday night. And uh, I just have you guys and it's us talking about these shows that we love. Um, so should I start with Real Housewives of New York, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? Beverly Hills comes first. So let's start with this episode. It's called Black Tea and White Lies. Ooh, wow. Uh, we had Sutton's opening last week, if you remember, and uh, Denise's husband, um, you know, the fun one that believes in big pharma, Aaron. Uh, he had another fight with the ladies. So that was exciting. Um, we, I got to say, this Denise threesome that keeps getting brought back, that Rena keeps bringing into it, everybody, it's starting to remind me of a sexier Lucy, Lucy apple juice. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, <laughs> it's like, we get it. Sexy time happened. Let's move past it. Rena, you obviously are shaking your things. Uh, you're shaking your moneymaker that God gave you every week on Instagram, except that a threesome happened and that maybe Denise doesn't want to talk about it in front of her daughter. Like, can't we accept this? Why does it matter what Denise said last year? Aren't we ever changing as human beings? Why Why does it have to be Denise talked about a threesome last year? So if she doesn't want you to talk about it in front of her daughter, Rinna, fucking listen to her. I don't get it. Rinna, why are you like, do you, I get you think it's your job to cause drama, but why are you always like the one spurring it on? You're eventually going to be the one in it. And I'm telling you. Folks, I've said it time and time again this season, next year is going to be Rinna's downfall. Mark my words right now. You will I'll bet each one of you guys listening a hundred dollars that I'm right. Man, if I guys, if I am right and you all have to pay me a hundred dollars, let's just say it's gonna be a good year and I'll take you guys all out. To, that's right. Dorit's room at Buca de Beppo. Dorit's room at Buca. What if I did an ad for Dorit's room at Buca de Beppo right now? What if, a, what if they were a sponsor on the podcast? And like every 10 minutes, I was like, hmm, I'm hungry for great Italian food. And that's what you get at Dorit's room at Buca de Beppo. Um, okay. So also, I do want to point out this something. Uh, Faces by Bravo uh, made, I think he's the one that pointed this out. But last episode, the Sutton one, Teddy didn't have any talking heads. And honestly, I got to say, it's awesome. And she was barely in it until the very end this episode. So amazing. Okay, so guys, this episode, we open up in Malibu. <sighs> Those are the waves. <sighs> beautiful sky. It's Malibu. Oh, beautiful, beautiful Malibu. So Kyle goes over to Camille's house, but they do this reveal, which it's like, it's Kyle walking in. Where is she walking? Where is she walking? And they're doing this reveal. They're focusing on jeans. And all of a sudden, Camille opens the door and Kyle takes off her sunglasses all movie-like. It's like so weird. It's like, what? She's like, hello. And I got to tell you, Camille lives literally not on the beach, in the beach. I've never seen a a, a place 
that close to the beach. Now, of course, you guys know my fascination with Camille's uh, IBS, uh, irritable bowel syndrome. She was the face of IBS or the butt of IBS, whatever. She was that like over a decade ago. This is real. I'm not making this up. So every time I see Camille on a scene, I just, I wonder if she's nervous. I pray that her stomach is settled. Um, (laughs) She says something like, um, she goes, I love looking at the seals and it's a good place to heal. Because remember, Camille's other Malibu place was burned down in the Malibu fires. Nothing funny about that. But I do have to imagine when that day happened, it was not good for her IBS. I just, I can't imagine anything's good for your IBS. She's just got to be out in a calm environment, which is why you go to the beach in the first place. Um, so Camille goes, like, when I drink, bad things happen. Um, Kyle says she hasn't spoken to Camille in months since since Camille had destroyed all of her friendships. Because she's talking, of course, of last season, remember, when uh, that, <clears throat> sorry, when that happened with all the uh, the fighting at the end, which I believe Camille really livened up the season, if anything. I don't, I feel like Kyle should be like kissing her nuts for that. Like it just, why wouldn't you thank her, you know? But regardless, that, uh, you know, so they're having this kind of weird moment. They're they're trying, I guess, men fences. Who knows? Um, they are talking over the ocean. You can hear the ocean. Um, you know, uh, Kyle says that she didn't agree with her attacks on Denise. Um, Camille is saying that all the girls were like the witches from the Shakespeare play Macbeth. You know, you guys know Macbeth, where it's like toil, toil, bubble, bubble in trouble cauldron's broom and whatever you know it's shakespeare um by the way does shakespeare still exist for anybody like i know in high school and college i was really just hit over the head with shakespeare because i was a theater major but like is do kids even like all you all you people with kids out there do kids still study shakespeare is that is that a thing i mean i hate to romanticize it but there was some good (laughs) <laughs> that Shakespeare, he was a real Shakespeare. Um, okay, so Camille goes, I want to say I'm sorry about the mean tweets, but that's no excuse for them because Camille had tweeted a lot of mean things. She was really on fire on Twitter. So Kyle is saying that, hey, I'm Kyle. I don't hold on to things and asks how we can get you okay with the other girls. So now there's a new scene where it's Santa Monica, beautiful Santa Monica, just miles away from Malibu, and we're in a penthouse. And Denise and Lisa Renner are are, going to meet for a tete-a-tete. And Denise is talking to the waiter, and she asks for a ruby red grapefruit juice in a very seductive manner. It's very Denise Richards. She's like, ruby red. I like that. And then uh, Lisa's sitting down, and they're ordering it, and... um, uh, Richards is like, do you have fries? And he's like, yes, of course, the uh, truffle fries and the skinny fries. And then she goes, Denise goes, I'll have the skinny. And then Rinna goes, oh, good, I can share that with you. Okay. What the fuck? Here's the deal. I hate that. You know, if you like Rinna, if you don't like Rinna, I feel like we can all agree that that kind of behavior is bullshit. If somebody orders food, you cannot legally tap into that, uh, that order and go, I'll split that with you. Bitch, did she ask for you to, did she say, let's split something? Like, what if she wanted that whole thing of fries and all of a sudden you jump in, you bag of bones? Are you kidding me? Order your own fucking fries, Rinna. Like that kind of shit uh, that messes with me. I was so upset. And I know that's a little thing and you guys probably didn't notice it, but it, it just did not, it just didn't sit well with me. So then they just stare in silence and Denise goes, we, I wanted to meet with you privately because we've been friends and I felt ambushed in Santa Barbara. Of course, they're talking about the Santa Barbara trip a couple episodes ago when Denise really did get ambushed and Rinna kind of really was at the forefront of that. Rinna's a real asshole. I'm telling you, I'm not a Rinna fan and I haven't been for a while. Um, Rinna says, well, where's the line where that we can be open? Rinna, where's the line when we talk about Harry Hamlin? Where's that line? I seem to remember glasses breaking on an overseas trip because of bringing up Hamlin. Where's the line? So don't like this. This is, she said, Rinna's all about like, oh, we're supposed to share our lives. And she's up on our high horse about this reunion, which I am fairly upset about. And I probably will talk about that in the other podcast, but 
you know, it's really rich when Renna says, where's the line? Denise says, well, the line is with my kid. Am I not able to share moments without, without, you know, kids and threesomes in it? And Renna says, if, if you hadn't have mentioned the date combo with your daughter, uh, originally none of this would have happened. And it's just like, Renna, stop. It's like, there is a bone and all the meat has been sucked off. And then you have Renna still gnawing on that bone. Like there's a small scrap. You know, that's my, that's my, that's my bone eating sound. That's my, that's how I eat bones. Um, you're, so Rena then goes, I feel like you're being hostile. And then all of a sudden it's like, that's the end of the, the first bit. And there's a one minute break, which by the way, Bravo, I don't understand your commercial structure. Let's, let's, let's get into it. I don't get like, they do this break during Beverly Hills where they're like, we'll be back in 60 seconds. How about you be back in three and a half minutes? Like the other breaks you confuse my left thumb that that hits the fast forward you confuse that thumb so bad when you do that one minute break because then i end up going three and a half minutes because i forget you do these one minute breaks and it's just so frustrating um also rinna is a caricature of herself now right rinna is like one of those cartoon caricature drawers that you meet on drawers that you meet um in like a beach area and they're like oh that's cute let's do that that's what rinna looks like in real life she's a living breathing caricature um, so we're still on this Rena Denise thing and she's trying to explain to Rena, I didn't want to be at Sutton's cause there was paparazzi outside. And Rena's like, it doesn't help that Aaron was there. And then Denise goes, you know, everything I've done and sacrificed for my kids and for you not to have my back. And I think Denise may be using the, she, she goes, I think Denise may be using the show to change her image from last season. Rena says, and she goes, you can't control your image on this show. It's all real. Bullshit, Rena. Bullshit. And Rena goes, well, I think this is just a lesson learned. Is it, Rena? I'm just, I'm so sorry, you guys. I just am so anti-Rena. I just can't. So then Denise in a talking head goes, well, I know what, I know where I stand with Lisa Rena. I can't trust her like I used to. And I'm like, boom, yes. So now we're at Kyle's house in the backyard. Kyle is throwing one of her infamous parties. And we see Glenn, the party planner. You OGs of BH. And by the way, can we start calling Real Housewives of Beverly Hills Roby? I just think that sounds so cool. Roby. Like you got Roni and Roby. Like, can we act like the H is a Y, like Roby? Like, let's watch Roby tonight. I just like it. It sounds sounds comfy, like a robe with a Y on it. Um, So Glenn, the party planner, is there. How many times? Like, I feel like I've grown up with Glenn. We've seen him plan so many of Kyle's parties. So it's always nice to see him. I will say he seemed like he was really relaxing on the job. He was sitting in one of the couches on the dance floor. Uh, But I feel like I've grown up with this man. Um, This is an event for Children's Hospital. I found out in this episode, like we all did, Mauricio has used to have Neutropenewin. And he was born with it, <laughs> with whatever neutropenian is, and he spent a lot of time in children's hospitals. And that just broke my heart. And it, uh, it, it, it was, there was, I, I, you know, I gotta say, I know all the Reddit threads and all that about Mauricio cheating on Kyle. Uh, but even those, those Reddit threads, those firsthand accounts, allegedly, they all say he was a super nice guy. Mauricio seems like a super nice guy. He just, he does. Obviously he's had some struggles as a kid and that always plants something in you that makes you probably a little nicer than the average person. Um, and so then we are in Kyle's, like, like Dorit comes in she goes, is my friend Kyle here? In some kind of weird Lord of the Ringish accent of like, is my friend from the inter rings here? Uh, they toast to Ashley, Kyle's personal assistant of five years. Uh, you've got, uh, Dorit, you got Ashley, you got Kyle, and you got um, her other friend, the OJ girl. You know, the the one, the OJ girl. Why am I blanking on her name? The OJ girl. We all know her. She's in. She's Kyle's best friend. So Dorit, um, they mentioned to Dorit that Camille's going to be there. And, and Dorit goes, I realized it was fire season. I didn't know snakes were out there as well in regards to Camille. And everybody's like, oh, snap, Dorit. Oh, good line, Dorit. And Dorit sells. Dorit goes, Camille has crossed way too many lines. And there's a clip of Camille bringing up the money issues that PK has. So, of course, I, I understand that. Don't you understand? Like, I, we all understand that. Like, yeah, that's, that's, a hard, that's a hard road. We get that 
they're probably not going to be good. So we find out there's going to be a silent auction, a live action, a silent auction, and a live action auction. And Dorit uh, points out that she got huge ticket items for Kyle. She's like, it's very nice to have a friend like me. <laughs> I'm really trying out my Dorit this week. So... <laughs> and by the way, you get the you get the sense that Dorit feels like she really needed to come through because I just feel like, you know, Dorit's thing always is that she's an imposter. She has imposter syndrome. She knows she doesn't really belong there and she's known that her whole life. You know, Dorit has lived a thousand lives and she's very thankful to be where she is because, you know, if you see her high school photo, you know exactly what I'm talking about. She's um she looks like a middle uh not a middle earth um she looks like my family, like, you know, middle class, like she, you know, she doesn't look like somebody that would be at events like this, her high school photo. Now she looks glamorous and beautiful. And she changes her facial structure on the the daily now. So uh, but now we're in Hollywood, you guys, Hollywood at Mar Vista Entertainment, where Garcil and Lisa, her producing partner, are meeting uh, with Lena, the director of Garcelle's script, a potential director. And at this point, it's like, I get it, Garcelle. You got a career. We get it. Every episode. How is it every episode? This is the, the Garcelle of it all. We only like, why are why are they doing these Garcelle things? Like, she's the only one that we get to see a separate life almost, you know, like they're really hitting it over the head about Garcelle's career. I like Garcelle. Beautiful lady, funny. I don't, not done anything wrong, but not done anything for the show. I mean, she had a little beef with Kyle, but you know, like, I don't know. Like, I thought it was a great fit earlier, and now I'm kind of like, as we gear towards the end of the season, I'm just not, not getting it. Um, I also, I just don't need to be reminded every week of what she does. Um, <clears throat> I guess the director... We see her pitch the movie, Garcelle's movie, and make it a completely different movie. I really didn't care. Um, and then the ass-kisser ladies after the, the potential director leave goes, Oh, Garcelle, maybe you could just make your directorial debut. And it's so ass-kissing. Garcelle's like, no, I have enough on my plate. <laughs> New scene. Kyle's party, night of. It's a black and white theme. Uh, we see Kyle. Okay, this is so weird, you guys. Do you notice Kyle's dog is in a lot of the episodes always watching Kyle? I have a feeling, I can't prove this, that that dog is some kind of spiritual being. There's somebody trapped inside that dog. There's some kind of human trapped inside that dog, and it's always looking at Kyle like, get me out of this dog body. Did anybody else see that? There was an episode with Mauricio and the dog. Like, the dog has been in multiple... I feel like that dog comes into play somewhere at the end of the season because there's always this stray shot of the dog looking at Kyle in multiple episodes this season, and I keep, just from watching shows, I keep going... Oh, I got to remind myself to remember about that dog. That dog's going to come back. Like, you know, those scenes in the movie of like, why did they give us that information? I keep finding that out about the dog. Like, why are they giving us information about this dog? The dog must come back in some big way towards the end of the season. Like, what if the dog kills somebody or the dog actually does become a human? Like, it's so just I'm not saying I'm right, but I'm just saying keep an eye on it. That's all I can give you guys as suggestions. Um, so then we're this is like one of those classic montages of everybody getting ready. Erica Jane getting glams, getting boob makeup. It's, you know, I know Erica Jane's song, it's, you know, it's expensive to be me, but it honestly is so expensive to be her. That is a very true song. Um, I just, it's got to be, ex like, Mr. Girardi really does foot the bill for that entire thing. Like, where, where does it go for Erica Jane? Like, Chicago is a very cool thing, and I thought that was a really good pivot but where else can Erica Jane go? It's so expensive. It really is expensive to be her. Like Erica Jane has her own clubhouse that Mr. Girardi pays for, pays for that whole staff of Eric, like boob makeup guy, uh, Mikey, the choreographer. It just feels like a lot of overhead for very little pay. And I just, I think Mr. Girardi is set financially. I just worry. That's all I'm saying. Okay, now PK Dorit, and he, and 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 Dorit is in this sh uh, shimmery suit with a lot of beads on it, and of course PK is like, "Give us a shake, give, <laughs> give us a shake, Dago, give us a shake." And she goes, "Okay, honey," and PK is like, "I love it. I'm all in black. You're picking out all my clothes from then on out." And then she goes, "Darling, Aaron's been interrupting the ladies. You know how that is." <laughs> um. 
And he says in a talking head PK that he now regrets standing up for his wife the way he did because she didn't need it and he, he could have done it better and says some guys need to find out the hard way. So he's referring to Aaron. Now, this is very exciting. We're in a car with Eileen Davidson, former castmate of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Erica and Rena. Uh, we find out that Eileen has been hard at work on an independent film and that's why she has turned brunette. It's an Xmas movie that isn't Hallmark. <laughs> so... I do have to like, I mean, I'm in the film and TV industry a little bit, and I do crack up in the thought of, okay, so independent film, holiday film, not Hallmark, that means a low budget lifetime movie or something of the sort. Usually those films aren't like, we need the character to have brunette hair. So I have a feeling that's an actor choice. I have a feeling Eileen wanted that to feel like she was acting. Sometimes actors have this weird thing, you guys, where the script isn't that good. So they'll try to find something else to like make it feel like they're going there, that they're doing the work. And I have a feeling that's what like Eileen, like I changed my hair for this because maybe the words aren't that good to say. That's just a theory. I don't know. We'll have to watch that movie together sometime. Um, so they're in the car. It's really fun. Erica, Rena, uh, we find out all about Eileen. Uh, and then Rena goes, you know, brings up the Aaron thing. And, and, and Eileen's like, well, you know how I feel about husbands interfering. It can come off as bullying. And, and you know, Rena, Rena's like, oh, that's what it is. Yes, yes. Uh, and then we cut to Denise and Aaron driving. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry, honey. I'm bringing you back into this. And he's like, I can hold my own. Big Pharma's following us. Um says um so there then we're back in the car with eileen erica and rena and erica says i don't need to be mansplained to i live with a very smart man which i don't know what she was referring to in that moment was she referring to like does she think mansplaining is when somebody's smarter than her and she's like i'm tired of smarter people than me i'm mansplained to at home by a very smart man which is might just be I mean, Mr. Girardi does talk down to Erica. We've seen it multiple times, but I do. I'm curious what Erica Jane thinks mansplaining is because Aaron definitely does it. I'm just curious what I want to hear what Erica Jane, what the definition is. Um, Aaron then, of course, says a very Aaron thing. He goes, "Ooh, there's a full moon tonight. We need to check on that. (laughs) Okay, man. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, we'll check on that. full moon. Let's do that. Um, then we're back at the party. It's very tense. Everybody's setting up, uh, you know, and Kyle's like, Mo, Mo, we can't get the blue light on in the pool. Who do we call? And oh, classic Mauricio. He goes, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. I really do love Mauricio. He's just like, I love a guy that's like, he's not frustrated. He's like, babe, I've been trying for a couple hours. I can't get it to work. He's chill. He seems like he gets a kick out of her. And I just, I respect that. I, re, I don't, you know, I respect it. I do. Um, what do you guys think of Mauricio? I think you guys like him. Um, that little brat Portia walks out of the upper balcony and goes, I can't get my hair done by Pamela. And then Kyle's like, oh, we're so busy. Do the bun that we do when we're late for school. And she goes, the ugly bun? <laughs> the ugly bun. <laughs> I love that. The ugly bun? And then. So then we found from Kyle, we find out the party costs six figures, you guys. And her goal is to make that for the hospital. She's like, I should have just given this money to them instead of having this party. No shit, Kyle. This is why Hollywood is hysterical. Hollywood is hysterical because I bet the part I bet the party costs more than what what did they bring in? We never found that out. What did they bring in? Because it seems like the bids were lower than what they they were worth, which is always a bad sign. But you're telling me you could have just given this money to Children's Hospital. But that's the deal. Kyle Showy, she wants it. She needs it. She needs that attention. She needs that juice. You know what I'm saying? She knows it'll be good for the show. Which, by the way, also, I want to find out if production paid for any of that. Do you guys want to find that? You know you know what I'm saying? Um, so there is a, uh, a neon sign when you walk in the party. This is, bitch, please, you could never be me. Camille comes in and she's very nervous to see all the other girls. Dorit and PK come in. Uh, all of a sudden, the blue light comes on in the pool. It's a Christmas miracle. Mauricio fixed it. Uh, Dorit sees Camille, says hey to Camille's friend, but turns away from Camille. Boom, boom, boom. The nastiness has already started. Can you feel it, you guys? Then we got Rena, we got Eileen and Erica Jane walk in. Then get this. Boom, boom, boom. Royalty shows up. Chris Jenner. No, 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 no. No, that's not true. Not yet. 
But what we do see is all the products that are being up for the auction. And we saw, we see that Chris Jenner and Kylie sent over a bunch of um, clown makeup uh, to bid on, which was so first Chris Jenner name drop is right there. And then we find out that Dorit uh, donated stem cell procedure. Um, and Kyle goes, Oh, for your face. And she's like, not just for your face, Kyle, which I have a feeling Dorit is using stem cells everywhere maybe that's what's happening to her i don't know um then kyle lets them know that camille is here and it's very interesting and teddy and uh her frankenstein husband edwin come in and it's like okay it's like they could they could be extras at this point there's just there's nothing going on there eileen asks rena if she's on good terms with camille and rena goes let's find out who the mean girl really is and eileen and rena walk over and rena's trying to be her badass she's like i'm not afraid i'm lisa rena rena comes over all tough she's like hello camille um uh, hello, Camille. I know who you are. Camille, you were an asshole on Twitter. I don't have beef with you, but you, you're an asshole on Twitter. And it's like, Rena, welcome to Twitter. That's where you are. That's where everybody is an asshole, first off. Um, she's like, I didn't like the witch comment, and you didn't have to do it in a public way. Rena, if I'm not mistaken, you just said a lot of public things this week about Denise Richards in a very public way. And Camille goes, I was just dishing out what I got. And Rena goes, we're good. We're good. And Camille's like, well, obviously we, we aren't. And Rena goes off and goes, okay, okay, okay. And then Eileen goes and uh, goes, um, Eileen is talking to Camille. And she's like, I have a drink. Forget about it. Rena comes up to PK and Dorit. Rena's all like high on like, well, I just got into a fight with Camille. Rena is the type of person that likes to get shitty with somebody and then go brag about it to another couple. That's who Rena is. Um, she just needs validation constantly. Garcelle brings in her date, Michael, with her. Michael. And we hear, Mama's got a new boo. And she explains to us that she likes Michaels. Her husband was Michael Nylon, white Michael, she says. And now they've got chocolate Michael. She lets us know that a lot of, she had a lot of flack from uh, black people after her divorce. And she felt she had to prove her blackness. And she goes, but black is good. Black is good. It was a very bizarre moment. Like it was a very, I want to know more about that, of proving your blackness of, I mean, I thought that was fascinating. It was a very weird moment. And I think Garcelle might be more all business. Like, I feel like she might be in all, like a lot of these ladies that are successful, they really are able to be emotionless at times and kind of able to step back and be hypercritical in a very cold robotic way. And I feel like Garcelle is a little bit like that, but more personable. Does that make sense? Like, I just trying to get a beat on her and how she works. But the, so you just kind of like do it with these little lines and I'm, I'm guessing a lot. So I don't know if I'm right. Um, so PK is immediately like, are you guys dating? First date? Yeah. Right. Um, she's like, well, uh, we met 22 years ago. Um, so then, uh, Sutton and her boo come in, uh, Adrian Maloof is there. You guys, her face looks like a, a face and that's saying something, right? Uh, a working face. Adrian looks directly in the camera at one point. Paul Nasser is there, um, with his new wife, uh, which is fascinating. So we, we see both of them. They used to be a couple as we all know. And, uh, they have a scene of them fighting in the past. And that's when we get royalty. Chris motherfucking Jenner comes in with Kathy Hilton, Corey Gamble. The whole crew is just, just sucks the air out of the room. Everybody's like, <laughs> I mean, Chris motherfucking Jenner, Kathy Hilton, Corey Gamble. Corey Gamble, of course, is Chris's uh, boo. There's rumor that they're married, but who knows? Uh, Chris already has a drink in her hand when we meet her, which is just classic Chris. And, I talked about this on the other pod today with Natalie from Say Bible. It's fascinating to see Chris on another show. You see how how like royalty she really is, how she holds herself. It's very different than keeping up with Kardashians. And you also see how people react to her, you know. She's a real icon, and you could just tell people were like surrounding her. Dreet was like up there, Sutton was up there looking for an introduction. It's fascinating. Go back and watch her scene and you see who is waiting to meet her. It's really great. So then you think it's over there. No, no, no. Brandy comes in 
Brandy Glanville comes in with her friend, who I believe is a transgender woman. Brandy looks gorgeous. She really does. And Brandy goes to Kyle. I didn't know you have bangs. Guys, I didn't know bangs were this big of a deal. I never knew bangs were this big of a deal until this season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Uh, I was explained um, uh, about bangs today uh, from my podcast friend on This Day Entertainment. She was explaining the importance of bangs. I just, I didn't get it, but like everybody makes such a big deal out of Kyle's bangs this season. It's like the season of the bangs. Um, Kyle lets us know that she saw a video of Brandy and she felt very bad for her because she was crying in the video. So invited her and, and you know, Kyle watered on the, bl- the bridge. Um, Dorit is dropping beads from her dress. Um, then we get Kim showing up. So you have Kyle, you have her sister Kim. It's a night of a thousand stars, folks. The stars are out, and then Aaron and Denise walk in. I always find it funny who production makes come in and what order, because that is something that we know, that production does make people go in a certain order. So there was a very – there was a plan in place. You know that they were the last people to walk in. Makes complete sense. Aaron and Denise walk in once the party is in full motion. Kyle comes up to Denise um, and uh, and Aaron and and Kyle in a talking head goes. Denise is always eyeballing the exits, like always uh, planning her escape. Brandy comes up and hugs Denise. Ooh la la, we got it, folks. Brandy and Denise finally hugging, possibly sexy hugging. We don't know because we don't know the real story. All we know are the rumors. But this this is it, you guys. This is the the first. This is the first hint of something that maybe has happened, something maybe that they have been intimate. Maybe they have touched each other's boobies and butts and private parts. It's very exciting to see. Uh, Brandy goes to Denise. I'm getting, I'm getting very drunk already. Um, they make room for Denise to sit. Kyle and Mo are up on stage. Um, Chris and Kathy and, um, uh, OJ, the girl, the OJ girl, they're sitting there. Chris is sitting there like a godfather. PK speaking to Aaron. And he goes, hey, there's a bit of drama with the ladies the other night. Uh, uh, uh. And Aaron goes, not really. It's all good. It's all good. And then uh, Garcelle bids on a vacation for five grand. And I'm like, uh oh, I just don't think Garcelle has it. You know, like she's she's just got the new house. And it's like, so, you know, and then a golf vacation goes up and Dorit, ah, God bless Dorit. She bids on it and she got the winning bid, 17 grand. And you just know she doesn't have it either. You can just tell. You can tell Dorit's panicked. You can tell, like, fuck, 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 fuck. Dorit does not have 17 grand just to be blowing like that. Like, by the way, that's Buka de Babo money. Like, that's, I don't know. And then all of a sudden, the auctioneer goes, can we get a donation of 25 grand? And fucking Chris Jenner, like, just waves her paddle like it's nothing. Like, literally as her drink, just like, this is just, it's, it's like, it's like a bug was like in front of her face and she just slowly swatted it out. That was her paddle going up to just bid 25 grand. Like it was like a small baby fart. It was like Boop, 25 grand. Great. Thank you. And, and then Kyle goes up to Chris. Oh, thank you. I love you so much. Thank you. Which, you know, this had to have been planned too. of like at some point donate 25 grand so we can get the cameras on you. Um, and then uh, let's see who else. I think Erica Jane donated five grand. no, one of the uh, somebody else donated five grand, and then we're back to PK and Aaron, and PK's babbling about something. You know, they go, you know, you got to let them climb up a tree, and you know, you don't want them to climb up anymore. You know, and Aaron's like, uh, I agree, and he's like, I get the feeling that my input isn't really. Do you agree? Are you going to do it? Are you disagreeing with me? And then they're talking at. He's like, I get the feeling that my input isn't necessarily wanted. You know, he didn't appreciate my brilliance. Um. Brandy, Teddy, and Denise uh, are talking, and uh, Denise goes, how do my boobs look? Which, by the way, then, you know, sexy. I'm inferring here, you know, how do, it's crazy sexy talk. Denise pulls Teddy aside, says, hey, I heard you were upset when I walked away, blah, blah, blah. Camille walks in, hugs Denise, and this is Teddy's one moment of the whole show, because Camille goes, Teddy, you look adorable pregnant. And she goes, to be honest, you don't have to go through the pleasantries with me. I know you don't like me. And <laughs> Camille's like, Oh, 
you don't want the compliment? And she's like, I don't need it. I'm good. I'm good. And then we get a shot of Brandy drunkenly telling Aaron's niece, she's like, I want to be a thruple. Oh, no, that's so that was the end of that episode. That's part one. Part two is next week, you guys. And she goes, I want to be. Uh, and we see in a preview that Brandy goes, I want to be a thruple with you guys to Aaron and Denise. We also see Rinna announced that she's like, I've got a little getaway for you girls, a week in Rome, Italy. And then we also see Brandy tell Kyle that be careful with Denise. She isn't what she pretends to be you guys what an episode but what else the next night we got real housewives of new york uh that was my oprah imitation so last week on real housewives of new york we had the in was luann drunk saying to sonia like you don't want to be in my show you're not in my show so we pick right back up there it's very exciting you guys we see a 40 minutes later on the screen we see the shark from the the uh dorinda's fish room on the floor in the hallway, Ramona bops out. Uh, she's like, everyone, I hope everyone's a little lighter in a better place. Ben, the restaurant delivery guy, is at the door. By the way, I hear he's a PA, according to Reddit. Um, and he, it, Ramona's talking a mile a minute to the PA, like she's on cocaine or something. I'm just saying what she sounds like. I'm not saying that it actually happened. She's like, I look good, but I'm sloppy. And then Dorinda comes out in a gold lame outfit. She looks like the end of Ghostbusters when um, Sigourney Weaver comes out in that red, gla- red dress. And she's like, I am Zool. That's what Dorinda looks like, but it's like more of a silvery uh, dress. So Dorinda comes out. She's fucking lit, 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 lit. Ramona's still babbling. She's like, I know I look thin, but I like to eat. We see Lynn. Lynn, this this Lynn. Lynn deserves all the money in the world. I feel so bad for Lynn. She deserves combat pay for being around all these ladies. It's really a thankless job. She's keeping that whole Bluestone Manor in business. This Lynn had to put up with so many different personalities that weekend and every weekend, you know, like poor Lynn. I just, I think about her so much. If anybody has a connection with Lynn, I would love to get her on the pod. Could you imagine? It's just, what a hero. What a hero. Um, Leah comes out from her nap and she sees Dorinda. She's like, bitch, are you kidding me, girl? You look hot. Um, they have this Chinese food. Um it's weird. Like Ramona's getting out plates with Lynn. Lynn is like putting the kitchen together. Um, Sonia is like shit can wasted says to Luann, I'm very supportive. And Dorinda, Dorinda says, I don't know. She's saying this to, uh, Ramona in the other room while they're like stuffing food in their face. She's like, I don't know why, uh, why, uh, Sonia puts up with that. Sonia should know her worth. You know, and then we talk about, you know, Ramona brings up, she's like, yeah, and Sonia did the cabaret in the first place. She did the cabaret like she was that and she um, she's like, yeah, she should do her own show. Sonia did cabaret before anyone did it. And out of nowhere, Luann pops in and hovers over Ramona. She goes, I'm listening. I'm listening and gets in her face. And she's like, that was not cabaret. That was cabarlesque. Guys, I don't know what is cab. I don't even know the definitions anymore of cabaret and cabarlesque. Uh, but I gotta say, man, it was crazy how, and that's, you get that with Luann. She's so protective of this. It's all she has. It's all Luann has. So she is going to bully her way into being the only one that ever does this. I have a feeling Luann's going to spend the rest of her life just taking out anybody that says they do cabaret ever. She's like, really? No, you're more of an alternative singer. No, 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 not cabaret. Um, Sonia is just talking to herself at this point in the other room. There's a beautiful shot where the camera guy gets her in the kitchen and in the background, you see the other ladies talking in the other room and Sonia's going, I'm amazing. I'm funny. I'm amazing. I'm funny. And Sonia goes, my show is my show. And, and Luann is then saying to Sonia, it's about me. It's called Countess and Friends. And Leah comes in drunkenly and she's like, yeah, Countess and Friends. It's like that thing when you come into a room and you're trying to participate in a conversation that you haven't been there for the first part of. So you're just agreeing with the first thing that you hear. Um, they're both just so drunk, Sonia and Luann, but mainly Sonia. Sonia has a huge plate of noodles, like a huge plate. So Dorinda does too, and they're just gorging on these noodles. And I got to say for these classy ladies, I've always been taught to not eat with your mouth full. These, like, I'm, we're talking noodles hanging, 
dang, like just dangling out of their mouth. Like rah, 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 rah. it's like this. This is what drunken eating looks like, folks. And she's <laughs> Luann says something like, "Show your ass and boobs somewhere else." And Countess is talking to Lynn. And <laughs> Countess is talking to Lynn. She's like, Lynn, I have a professional show. And Lynn is so touched. Lynn goes, oh, come on. You eat now. Oh, come on. You eat now. Poor Lynn. She just wants to go to bed. Sonia is slurring. Uh, you said I suck so bad. And Luann goes, I didn't say that. You said you didn't want to be on my show. And Ramona goes, no. She said she didn't want to be there for 225. Shame on you, Dorinda spits out. <laughs> Noodles go flying everywhere. She goes, when you were down and out, she was with you and you were down and out. You're not being the artist. <laughs> Dorinda is crying, guys. She is crying. We're at that kind of drunken moment where now Dorinda is taking this on personally. She's crying. She's getting in Luann's face. Luann is like, Dorinda, you know everything, don't you? And then so <laughs> Dorinda goes, you're drunk. You're a drunk. You have a mugshot of your drunkenness. And for some reason, that line hit me so hard. It, it's a fucked up line to say to somebody. And you saw that it hit. It was a direct hit. Countess Luann got taken down by that. It was dark. Because also, who wants to be told that by a drunken, slurring fool with low mane noodles hanging out of their mouth? It was dark, folks. And there was just stillness. And Leah goes, you know, in a talking head, we're one drink away from a mugshot in this room, all of us. And Dorinda's like, be gracious to the people who helped you. Ramona tells Dorinda, you're being a little aggressive, says she's like a dragon when she she she's doing this all the while. <laughs> all the while, Lomaine is still being shoved into her mouth. Luann is packing in her room, in Dorinda's fish room, and she's crying. She's like, but it's Luann fake crying, but I think it's real crying, too. She's like, oh. Oh, oh, I didn't know if it was crying or if it was like a baby seal orgasming. It was like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> By the way, I have my parents on the other room. They're my poor parents. It's 1133. And I'm like, is Ryan masturbating? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Luann is fake crying and Dorinda's like, karma's a bitch. Dorinda is now pouring straight vodka in her little cubby area off the kitchen. Sonia is just silently eating. I swear to God, she's like the character in Of Mice and Men, Lenny, sometimes, who's just a little slow in the uptake. Like, everybody's, like, in complete chaos, and she's just shoving food in her face. Like, like you just, the lights aren't it. The lights aren't on. You know, nobody's home. Um, And so, so Sonia's... So Dorinda is in that little cubby with Ramona, and she's like, she uses us, and she stole the whole Giovanni thing. She stole it. And we gave her, we gave her this next level. Like, we gave her that, and she stole it from us. She uses, like, you guys, the Giovanni thing wasn't brought up at all. Dorinda brings it up, like, out of nowhere. It's next level drunkenness. And I got to say, there's kind Luann is packing up, and you you gotta you gotta appreciate how much Luann loves not staying at Dorinda's house. She loves it. Luann loves finding reasons to not stay at Dorinda's house. It's fascinating. Like every time, Luann loves to check into that hotel. I wonder what kind of points she's gotten at this hotel because she seems like she stays there every time she stays at Dorinda's. So Luann is just in a in a in a in a fit in a fit <laughs> and she walks out to the door she opens it to go outside and dorinda walks into the room she goes feeling giovanni i gave that to you and literally gets into luann's face i thought there was going to be a fight like i thought dorinda was going to pop her because dorinda gets really in her face and luann's like you're a sick human being get over it and then we're a commercial and i gotta tell you i saw a commercial that really boggled my mind. You're watching this beautiful show about women called The Housewives. And then it cuts to commercial and they're like, Bravo, you're home of the Jurassic Park trilogy. This weekend, join us from Jurassic Park 1, 2, and 3. Like, did Bravo get those movies free as a gift to show people? Because it, to me, does not fit in with their brand. Like, no offense to any of you guys that drunkenly put that on, but who the fuck was like, ooh, I gotta write that down, Jurassic Park on Bravo. That's the way I want to watch it, where my housewives are. Is that a, like, 
I like Jurassic Park. I saw all the movies. I saw the first one a lot. But like, does that mean sh- like it confuses me? Like, stick with your brand. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, home of Jurassic Park and the Housewives? Are they both dinosaurs? Is that what you're thinking? What are we to take from this? Um, okay, so we're back on the card. Sorry, that was just a little note for Bravo if you're listening. Um, she's like, you never said thank you for jo- Giovanni. And then Dorinda's back in the room eating more noodles, and she's just spitting the noodles out of her mouth. And Leah, Leah's like telling Romano, she's like, she's, no, no, Leah in a talking head, she's like, I don't get it. She's still not over Giovanni. Leah goes, Dorinda most owns stock in Giovanni, because why is it in her mouth so much? Um, Leah goes out, sees like that, that Luann's not in a good place. She's like, let's go to the pub right now. Um, guys, at this point, I have to remind you, like I had to remind myself, guess who's been there the whole time? Elise. Elise has been there this entire time, sitting at the dinner table, not one word. The first time I, I saw that Elise was there, was Sonia falls over in her chair and Ramona giggles and goes, it's not a party until Sonia falls over and Elise comes and helps Sonia up. Guys, this whole shit happened. Elise didn't do anything. That's wild. How do you just sit there? And in fact, I, I, that's the one kind of note for the camera guy or the editors is that I really would have loved to have you kept going back to Elise just to get a non-reaction just to get her silently eating. Cause that to me is just as fascinating of like how somebody stays quiet in that ruckus. That itself is applaudable in a way. Um, so Leah runs out to hang out with Luann. Uh, Leah, you had like light drunken eyes, but not as bad as the other girls, but you can tell she's lightly drunk. Um, Luann's crying. Leah is screaming for Ramona. She's like, dude, Luann is crying outside hysterical. Can you please come inside? Sonia won't let go of Ramona. She's like, no, I need you. I need you. I need you. Poor Lynn is still there. I just, I was like screaming at the TV set. I was like, Lynn, hide, hide, Lynn, hide, hide. (laughs) And Ramona agrees to go with Luann and Leah. She's like, I don't have any money or credit cards, but I'll go anyways. Uh, Ramona holds Luann's face. I've never seen Luann cry like this, guys. I really was touched by this. I really, I can imagine it was really hard. So back in there, it's just Sonia and Elise now, and Lynn, hopefully, who's hiding. And so Elise goes, let's, let's go to bed. And Sonia's like, okay. Hey, guys, they, they say, she's like, what time is it? And Elise goes, 8 p.m. <laughs> it's 8 p.m. And that all, all happened. That's wild. So the next day, we got a shot of Lynn washing the dishes. You think, oh, my God, World War III is about to happen. The way these girls turn it around adds so much more darkness to the night before. The way that they're able to turn it around like nothing happened. Like, how are they able to do this sans hangover? I would be in bed being like, I will take my breakfast inside today. Like, fucking Dorinda is there already. Looks like she's been up for a couple hours doing kitchen work. Lynn's like, should we do this? And like, let's put the chafing iron, chafing pots here. It's insane. I, I just, it's, 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 stunning um ramona comes in and is like how you feeling she's like, i feel like i probably shouldn't have gotten involved last night in something you know it's that rose it's that rose fucking poor rose gets blamed on more things than i don't know i don't know what but um elise come goes in and lays with sonia uh dorinda is saying that luann became old school Luann, which is just rich because it's like, Dorinda, wait till you watch yourself on camera. What? Luann became old school Luann? What? Like, I get that thing with the between her and Sonia and the cabaret, but you know what I'm saying. Leah uh, is with Elise and Sonia, and she says we went to a jazz bar, the Red Lion, and Luann wanted to sing with the jazz band, but they weren't too into that, which is hysterical. And then I found out that Leah flirted with the bartender at the Red Lion. I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. That's what I'll say. So I figure this is one of the hottest bartenders that must be in the the Berkshires. So I'm like, wow, the 
Brad Pitt of the Berkshires is a bartender in the Berkshires at the Red Lion. So it must be, right? Leah wouldn't flirt with anybody but top-notch, right? Right. So I say, hey, I get it. Very hot bartender. So and I just put it aside and I kept watching the episode. Ramona, um, oh, oh, and then she goes, Ramona didn't do anything, which is hysterical. And also, what a missed opportunity. I know they didn't have the camera crew to run and go film all this stuff because they weren't planning on those girls leaving. But we could have got some bar footage from like a cell phone or a security camera. I really feel like that. Um, and then she tells um, she tells Sonia, she's like, you would have loved it. It was geriatric central. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, Dorinda decides to call Luann in the kitchen, and it's Dorinda and Ramona. And Dorinda, um, one sec, I just got a text from my friend that Kanye is wiling out again. Oh, my God, you guys, sorry. I had to stop there for a sec because I guess Kanye went on a Twitter rampage again. So sad. He deleted all of them too. So I didn't take a screenshot because I was just, uh, if you listen to the other podcast, I talked a lot about Kanye today and like he kept going. I mean, it's crazy. He was calling Kim and Chris white supremacists. He was saying he's straight to divorce Kim. All of the, it, it's wild, man. I mean, I talk a lot and I don't even know what to say anymore. So let's get back to the fun at the Berserkshires. Um, so yeah, the next day it's crazy, you guys. They they act, they just act like nothing's happening. So Dorinda is calling Luann, and she goes, "Guess who?" And Luann's like, "Oh my god!" And and. Dorinda's like, I love you. Want to stay in a good place? And Luann's like, what happened? And Dorinda goes, the rosé happened. And she's screaming, laughing, smiling. Luann's laughing on the phone. Ramona's, I mean, it's like nothing happened. And then Dorinda goes, I don't use liquor as an excuse, but can I use it this, just this one time? I'm like, girlfriend, you use it all the time. What are you talking about? This is when I was like, this moment to me was one of the darker moments of the show, of the series, because I'm like, oh my God, Dorinda has an actual problem. Like this is past, it's not, it's, it's an actual problem, you know, like she has an actual problem. Um, so I thought that was just really dark and just like sweeping it under the rug. Um, and then <laughs> Dorinda's like, you know what happened? We peaked too soon. We peaked too soon. Um, it, it was, it was just bizarre. And Ramona, of course, being Ramona, goes, oh, my God, it's like when a guy ejaculates too soon. Because <laughs> Dorinda said the peak too soon. And I was like, Ramona, what? Ramona's doing ejaculating too soon jokes? It's, uh, it, that was wild. Um, Ramona goes, Dorinda, you always know how to make it nice, LOL. Ramon, Ramona says it's just easier to let Dorinda's behavior slide and sweep it under the rug. And that's like so sad. Like Ramona says this in a talking head and it's like, damn. I don't know. It's crazy when you get to that level of friendship where you just let them be, where you don't interfere. Like, you know, like those friends that we have that we're like, well, I guess that's just how we're going to let them be for the rest. You know, it's like when you just kind of. They're at that place where they might have given up on Dorinda and like, let Dorinda be what she wants to be. I don't know. It's wild. So Dorinda, Sonia, and Ramona talking about the night before. Dorinda says, oh, yeah. So Dorinda, Sonia, and Ramona are talking about the night before. Dorinda said, says that we did sneak away to see Richard at the, the graveyard yesterday during the day, day, and they do a flashback to that where Dorinda's over the grave, uh, the gravesite going, we love you, sweetie. We still think about you every day, and the house is now in order, and she's with Leah and Sonia at the, the graveyard, and it's so sad, and it really paints a vivid picture of why Dorinda's like this. She uh, There is a lot of stuff that Dorinda still has not dealt with, you know? And this is how it's coming out, and it's getting more intense every season. Or at least what we see of it is getting more intense. Or maybe being in that environment. So maybe it's not an environment she should be in. You know? Maybe it's too much for Dorinda at this moment. Um, Dorinda says being stuck in the house is not good with these women. So um, 
they uh they decide to uh they decide to go out and about into the city which is always dangerous um so they pass the red lion dorinda says that's also where they went the night before leah where she met that bartender and uh we find out dorinda was a waitress at the red lion for like 14 years i think she said it was something ridiculous um luann pops into the limo with leah and ramona uh she lets us know she bought glasses at the gift shop her eyeglasses great um luann and the talking says that all these resentments keep getting pushed down with dorinda uh sonia pulls up uh in the car and goes do not let me run over and hug lou and of course they open the car door and it's the first thing sonia does is go over and hug luann um they go into a furniture store uh this crew at a store is hysterical um and sonia and luann are talking and, and luann's like i still want you in the show and i just have a huge team i travel with and if i get a bigger venue of course i want to pay you more she is totally like lou perlman you guys creator of backstreet boys and nsync she is a lou perlman she is really undervaluing sonia i would pay so much more to see sonia i've said it last week too um and then Sonia, of course, always looking for validation. Poor Sonia. She's like, you didn't, you, you didn't mean it was a favor to me. You mean it's because we work well together, right? It's just like Luann has such a hard time giving it up to Sonia or anybody that matter when it comes to entertainment. But Sonia does need to know her value. I do agree with that. Uh, Leah lets us know that her and Luann made out last night, but I don't know if that was a, ch- a real or a joke, and that's fine. Now we're in a cheese store, and of course we hear things like, oh, I love Manchego. We are told that Colin Cowie, who in a flashback, we find out that um, Sonia had sex on his sink in Tran- San Tropez, which, what a great line. I had sex on his sink in San Tropez. What a very amazing line uh but we find out that he throws fabulous dinner parties and he's going to throw a dinner party at uh bluestone manor which is just huge um so they're uh <laughs> they're tasting the triple cream uh cheese it's from the burgundy region and sonia goes that's where my lover's from i hope to get to a point one day where i'm either talked about or i talk about somebody as uh my lover or somebody refers to me as their lover like that's hysterical like who oh, my lovers from burgundy uh of course we remember uh the french dude she calls him frenchy she's like frenchy is always in the picture she's telling leah about frenchy most of his friends are royalty leah's like hey i once got peed on by a prince she's like we hung out for a week there he came back to new york we were in a hot shower i peed on him you know this is where i feel like i'm really boring at sex stuff like i don't want to be peed on i don't i don't care to pee on anybody else i don't want to poop on anybody i don't want to be pooped on i don't feed her great but i don't have a foot fetish um i like i feel like i'm fairly pedestrian and i i don't know if that's is that okay like i'm not into to i don't maybe i am i don't think i'm into whips or chains i'm not into um those the leather outfits you know like maybe i'm into that stuff but it's i I haven't discovered that yet and i feel like at this point in my life i should have just like we should have discovered the weird sexy stuff about us you know uh now we're back (laughs) we're back at the house and ramona is plunging her toilet she doesn't want to her to get upset and rage on her so she is plunging her own toilet she is literally fishing out turds, and we see that Sonia's in a huge bubble bath, giggling to herself. Ramona fishing out the turds and the toilet paper and plunging, it's great physical comedy. I gotta tell you, for whatever your opinion of Ramona, she's really good at what she does. Uh, Leah comes in and goes, did you go number two? And Ramona goes, no, 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 no. Um, and so Leah's helping her, and then Leah's like, oh, my God, there's a baby turd in there. Dorinda comes in. She's like, no, 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 Dor- Dorinda, no, no, I use the Kleenex to plunge the dirty stuff. Uh, uh, it's it's wild. Uh, we're now at the party, the night of the party. Uh, Ramona is showing us the breathalyzer that she brought for the gang. She's like, now I can tell them they can't have another drink because of the breathalyzer. <laughs> and this is when Melinda, Dorinda's sister, Melinda, there's Melinda, and there's Dorinda. Dorinda, meet Melinda. Melinda, meet Dorinda. She walks in, and 
she's like a blonde-haired Rosie from Real Housewives of New Jersey. But you can see the Dorinda in her. It's just a very, it's, you guys, wow. It's really different, you know? It's just, it's, it's, I don't even know what I'm saying. I'm just impressed by Melinda and Dorinda and the rhyming of the names and the look, like, like you can see they're related, but it's all, it's just, it's fat. <laughs> Relatives are fascinating. Um, we see Colin in the kitchen. He's putting these weird lettuce things on plates. These like little, it looks like lettuce sticks that like little lettuce um, boners on plates. And Colin uh, Cowie seems like, uh, I'll say it, a real ritzy asshole. Kind of like Liberace, but with better hair. Um, Dorinda says it's a game changer to have Colin Cowie here. Really? Is it a game changer? Uh, they have oysters in the other room. That's nice. Um, and then Leah says... What do I do? Do I text the bartender from last night? The hot bartender? Yeah, guys, she is desperate for dick, she says. And it hurts. It hurts to hear the lady that you love say that she's desperate for dick because I want her to be happy. I want her to get all the dick she wants in the world. But it just hurts, you know. And so I, I it's just hard to see somebody that you love talk like this and and at the same time wanting her to be happy and and have all of the the great dick that she so uh definitely deserves you know i want that for all my listeners i want the, them to have all the dick they want um and she lets us know that she loves herself a hot bartender they're a therapist eye candy and then they get, get you drunk what's not to love <sighs> It was just, it's hard to read that line back, you guys. It's hard to read that line back. Leah asked Dorinda to, to, um, if she can have the bartender stop by later. And I'm like, Dorinda, say no. Dorinda, say no. And Dorinda goes, yeah, no problem. Oh, yeah. He's a red liner. Yeah, of course. <sighs> then Dorinda's fan, friends, Sam and Lyle walk in. They look like, like, like Bert and Ernie. They, I think they're boyfriends. I don't know. Good looking young kids. Um, and Lynn has a little scene with Sonia, and Sonia's like, I took my bra off because of all this back fat. And Lynn goes, oh, you have good boobs. I love Lynn. I love, by the way, that's my spinoff. I love Lynn. I love Lynn. Bravo. Steal that from me. I'm coming for you. I love Lynn is my idea. Um, and then Leah goes, is Erica coming out to play tonight? And we find out that Elise, this is, this needs to be a prequel, had a, um, a student, like had a character named Erica and it was her nickname on wall street. And it was her alter ego when she would drink, get drunk on wall street. What the fuck? I love that. And then she goes, bitch, you can't handle Erica. And then of course we get Heather Holla Thompson. What up mama? What up mama? What up, mommy? Mama. Hey mama. Heather Holla Thompson, uh, former castmate, comes in with her husband. Heather is in an all black suit. Very nice. Very. It's so good to see her, and I love it. She's immediately Heather Holla Thompson because she's Dorinda. She goes. She goes. You've been singing and rocking and rolling. It's so Heather. It's like such a Heather thing to say. And Ramona compliments Luann's. Um, she's like, yeah, she's doing great things. And 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 uh, Heather goes. Oh my God, did Ramona just compliment your singing? And Ramona goes, no, I'm complimenting her show. I'm complimenting her show. Uh, and then uh, Luann goes, oh, what? And she goes, no, 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 no. Anyone can sing, but who can carry a show? Hysterical, just hysterical. So Sonia tells Colin, then Colin Cowie, he's like, you are the hottest guy in the room. You're bisexual and you're the hottest guy in the room. And Leah and Sonia are like, it's like they're laughing at this dude. I. It's so weird. He to me, he just struck me as so lame. And they're like laughing, like he's like a hot guy. I, I don't know. I don't get the Colin Cowie thing. I just don't. Um, Heather Holla Thompson lives close to Dorinda. That's why she was invited. But I, I love the thought of that. Uh, Dorinda gives a speech that they're not only about to have a meal, but a fantasy. That's what I say every time I'm at Chipotle. Ryan, you're not about to just have a meal, but you're also going to have a fantasy tonight. The salad opens up. Are you ready for the symphony? And they cut the little boner salad and then the salad guts come out. I wasn't impressed. You know, I wasn't. I like Trader Joe's bag salads. That impresses me. 
You mean you can put all that thing in a bag and then I can just tear all the individual packages and put it into one salad? That's impressive. Boner salads that spill over my plate, not impressive. Boring, waste of time and money and energy. So that's my thought on boner salads. Uh, um, Dorinda is going around the table uh, deflowering everyone. Hello, LOL. Um, Colin brings in the rack of lamb and Heather Holla Thompson goes, what a rack, baby. Holla. <laughs> um <laughs> rack and then she goes rack a lamb and a hop man what else can a girl ask for uh, and then luann says some kind of french thing and they both say a french thing together it's a french thing i don't know um dorinda well, the the two little bert and ernie guys they're talking to ramona about online dating and dorinda goes will you put me on online dating it's one of those little drunken things you say when you're drunk like i want to do that too and it's cute. Um, and then Ramona goes to the Bert and Ernie guy, goes, um, you know, I don't want to, we, we are the top 1%. And the guy goes, I'm not. And she goes, well, yeah, but me and Dorinda are. Um, and he's like, well, wait, you don't want just a good guy? And she's like, no, I'm not the average person. I have two houses. I have my life, my entree. Um, and she goes, she says something about like, she's like, I make 10 times more than the average guy. And they can't get hard with me then which is just wild. You should watch that little snippet back. Dorinda then drunkenly all of a sudden gives a speech to Leah at the dinner. She's like, I'm very impressed by you. You are a mini me. It's, I don't, it's weird. It's, I don't know. And Leah goes, I'm a work in progress, which we've heard from Jax, by the way. I wasn't thrilled with that. Um, and then uh, Leah says, I'm the only one. I'm happy to be the only one with my period. I think that's what she said. Um, but then I was kind of like happy with that. Cause then I was like, Oh, good. Then she can't have sex with that bartender. But then I also realized some girls like to have sex on their period. And I, I'm so sorry if that's not correct. I don't know if that's offensive. I'm not meaning to be offensive. I'm just saying that's sometimes I know girls have been like, yeah, even that's, you know, so I was comforted and then I wasn't comforted. They're all dancing around the table. Um, uh, Elise and Leah kiss, and that was it. Was cute. It wasn't a thing I was jealous of. Um, <laughs> and then Leah says about the bartender. Uh, she contacted him. She's like, "Yeah, he said he was into casual living, whatever that means." By the way, what does casual living mean? That's like, come on, Leah. Casual living. You're in a guy that's casual living. F that. And then all of a sudden, Leah's like, "My friend James is here, so I'm expecting to see Brad Pitt." I'm expecting to see the man I lost Leah to. And what walks in? An average dude in a gray beanie, a blue button-up thing, and some blue jeans. Like I said, wearing a beanie. And he has a long, stringy beard. And my note for this, let me read what I wrote. Are you fucking kidding me? That's my note. What? What? She says... She was the head waitress. Oh, yeah. So then then James and Dorinda. Dorinda starts talking his ear off because she's drunk. She's like, I was the uh, waitress of Red Lion, blah, blah, blah. Dorinda's talking, talking, talking. And uh, that's kind of the end of the episode. And the next episode, we get Luann doing a scared straight, talking about her experience of being arrested. Uh, and we have a party where at the end, Ramona's like, cut, cut. We're done here. I don't know what happens, but it seems like another great episode. Um Leah, if you're listening, I I understand about the bartender. I hope we can put that behind us. Um, and I'll tell you what, if anybody knows that bartender, I don't want to talk to him on this podcast. I don't I don't want to talk to him ever again in my life. Okay, you guys, that was my solo recap of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Heels. That was my solo recap of Roby and Roni. Um, thank you guys so much. This is a smaller episode. Uh, I urge you, if you haven't, to go back to the larger episode if you guys have not done that already. So uh, I'm trying something new um, and splitting some things into smaller bits. So you get two good things this week, hopefully. So thanks so much for listening. Uh, please subscribe if you haven't. Please tell a friend. And uh, please write to me at so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey at gmail.com. Give me any suggestions you have. I love you. Thanks for letting me do this with you guys, and I'll talk to you soon. Betches.